0: Welcome back to the Blogger Evolution. My name is Chris, and today we had the privilege of talking with Adam Adams from a podcast on podcasting. But we talk about some really fascinating stuff in this episode with Adam, one of which talks about how he has a podcast that earns over $22,000 per month. That's insanity, right? In this episode, we talked about quite a bit, including buying and selling podcasts. So we're it, a lot of us are um, buying and selling niche sites and being able to couple in a podcast with that and how to do an effective transition to a new owner so that you can effectively exit that business and then be able to you know, have a nice great payday. Um, how you can use podcasting to build up authority and to supplement your blog. And then how we can specifically use our blog to continue growing a podcast, to add value to it, to get more traffic to our sites and being able to essentially make more money so really looking forward to this episode Um, you're going to get quite a bit out of it be sure to get a pen and paper out on what we can do to continue growing our niche blogs with podcasting are you a father trying to provide for your family but have to work countless number of hours and most likely missing out on things that your family's doing while they're growing up Well, believe me, I know how you feel because my son was doing a lot of his first when he was first growing up, and I was missing out on a lot of it because I was stuck behind a desk at an office. Until I stumbled across blogging and affiliate marketing. And we're not just talking about any type of blogging. We're talking about using things such as smart money SEO, the focal point project, as well as copy hacking to make sure that you shorten the time on how long it takes for your blog to really take off off the ground. I eventually was able to use blogging and affiliate marketing to eventually have my wife quit her job. And then a few months later, I quit mine as well. And I'd love to help you with that also. Go check out bloggerevolution.com slash workshop. That's bloggerevolution.com slash workshop. There's a free training there that shows you exactly step-by-step what I was able to do to take blogging and turn it into a full-time income in about 18 months and welcome back to the blogger evolution podcast my name is chris and here we are talking with adam adams from the podcast on podcasting it's a very awesome and amazing podcast that i just stumbled on recently and i've been actually uh watching it quite often um well, sorry, watching and listening to it quite often but uh the host of it is adam adams adam thanks for being here hey it's good to see you on this side of the mic brother I know, right? Yeah, I was recently on your podcast, and I think we recorded that like last week. So if you haven't already, you know, after you listen to this one, you can go listen to me on the other side of that podcast over on um on Adam's podcast. So go ahead and check that out. He but had anyway... some really good feedback that you gotta hear for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Good. I I I love feedback. I thrive on feedback. At least. Um, I like to be told that I'm doing something wrong so that I can at least fix it <laughs> rather than doing it wrong continually. But um, anyway, the reason I'm having you on the show, Adam, is because you are um, a podcast guy. You grow podcasts um, on your website, growyourshow.com. You talk a lot about uh, uh, how you can uh, work with people and get their podcasts up to the 10%, you know, of of listened, 1% of listened, all that kind of stuff, which is amazing and great. And since we talk blogging here on Blogger Evolution, one thing that I always recommend is after people have already created uh, at least a foundation for their blogs, they need to find a way in order to. Uh, try to diversify either the traffic or to continue to build their brand on that particular site. And I always recommend podcasting, you know. So if you don't mind, give us a quick background on how you got into podcasting. You know, um, how many podcasts have you had, types of success that you've had with that as well?
1: I have basically had three podcasts. One, the first one started in 2016, and I felt like I needed to have an authority platform that people could find me at where I could interview people and sneakily ask whatever question that I wanted and learn anything that I wanted and have the cell phone numbers of some of the biggest players in that industry. So I started in 2016 and I there was a lot of benefits that I saw. And I decided at some point it was ni- 2019 um that I was going to slow down on real estate because I thought maybe there was going to be a crash coming up in the near future. So my guess was 22, 2022 or 2023. And I said, well, I don't. I, maybe if, if I think that there's going to be a crash in the next four years, maybe it's not smart for me to buy a property right now. And so I was in this mastermind group and I asked them, what should I do? I'm not sure if I want to keep buying. And and they all said, we're going to keep buying. We're not going to quit. And you're stupid. And I was like, that's fine. But I just don't feel comfortable with it because if I feel like there's a possibility that it's the wrong time and I knew that there was a possibility and I was buying and I was using other people's money for like a business, we did something called syndication, which is buying apartment buildings with. A lot of different people uh, teaming up, so a bunch of different people's money, a bunch of different people supporting the the general partnership, and that's how we would buy. So I I decided, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something else. And my mastermind said, you've got to focus on podcasting. So I actually um, started two companies at the same time, two different podcasts at the same time in 2020. Um, so I had sold my original podcast in 2020 and then I, I started two new podcasts. One was called the apartment investor show, um, where it was more of my, more of my ideal avatar for that. But it was at the same point that I was, ju- I had already branded it, but I just decided that that was not really what I wanted to do. And podcasts took off in 2020. And there was a lot of people that didn't have enough help to do what they needed. And there's a lot of like really bad information out there as well. So I'm seeing all this bad info and I'm saying to myself, that's not the kind of, that's not going to support or help somebody. And I'm seeing a lot of people needing some support and help on their show. So I decided to have my company, I I launched the podcast on podcasting to support Grow Your Show, the uh, podcast agency.
0: Nice. That is that is amazing. You know, because I love the value that you that you brought because you saw a need in the industry and then went ahead and did what you could to fill that need. That's exactly what we do with niche blogs. We go out on Google and see what's not being covered well or correctly or in your situation. Right. You know, lots of bad information is out there. And they need someone to be able to do that feel. So I'm glad that you saw that need and actually went for it. Now, you did mention that you use podcasting as well to, uh, as an, an authority platform. Could you go deeper into that?
1: Yeah, well, anybody needs an authority platform. Well, we, we need our own blog or we need our own book or we need our own podcast or we need to host events, um, a meetup group, conferences, uh, webinars. These these things where we're adding value to others, where we're getting in front of them and staying in front of them for a long period of time, it's going to allow for us to be spoken about when we're not in the room. To have our, nice. our perfect avatar, the person that we really need to work with, is going to be, oh, have you read this blog? Have you listened to this podcast? Have you watched this YouTube channel? I hear this almost every single day in different relationships even with my children who are so young I didn't even know there was podcasts when I was their age and they're talking about oh dad you need to do you need to listen to this podcast you need to read this blog you need to read this book uh they even know what tinder is i became single oh, wow. and my 10-year-old is like dad i know what you need to do and i was like what he goes tinder i'm not getting on tinder and how do you know what that is? So it's, it's, it's interesting. The kids know about the blogs. They know about the podcasts. They know about even stuff like Tinder, which really bothers me, but oh, well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, at any it. rate, the point is, um, I believe that a thought leadership platform, the whole purpose of it is to get people to t- talk about you when you're not in the room, is to get people to listen to you when you're asleep to listen to you when you're on a different call. Right now, this exact moment, I'm being interviewed on your podcast, but someone's listening to an episode that I did yesterday, the day before. I'm having thousands of people listening to me right now, but while you and I are recording, they're listening to me on my uh, my other show. And I it doesn't matter if I'm eating or on vacation, if I'm uh, asleep, if I'm sick, if I'm down with COVID, my content is being currently downloaded by thousands of people. And that's really what I think that your, your listener needs to understand what a thought leadership platform is. You record once and, and it, that stays up for a long period of time.
0: Yeah, I like I used to uh, like in that same situation you just explained by every time you create a piece of content and you put it on online, it's like a little person that you a little copy of yourself that you've created and put out there. Um, when I found out that I was going to have the privilege of having you on the podcast, I went back and started trying to listen to a few episodes that you've been on here or there. I found you on Entrepreneurs on Fire, which is a huge podcast. And I was just amazed. I was like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty awesome. Yet at that time, when I was listening to that podcast, you could have been out on the beach somewhere. You could have been playing with your kids or something like that. Uh, speaking of which, as a father of a five-year-old, I'm terrified of the day that he brings up that anyone needs to be on Tinder, (laughs) but hopefully you
1: never have to be on Uh, Tinder. I'll say that much.
0: I don't, don't, (laughs) he he doesn't need to know what Tinder is, but (laughs) I mean, especially
1: when he's five or 10.
0: Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. I'm not ready for that yet. Anyway, (laughs) let's go ahead back to this. Um, I love how you mentioned uh, almost like the selfishness kind of, of having a podcast. When it comes to podcasting, you can, have people on, if you were to try to call them and ask them for advice, they'd probably tell you no, or they would need to charge you a $1,000 just to get a few minutes of their time. But if you say, hey, why don't you come on my podcast, then they'll let it all out, you know? So yeah. uh, how are you using podcasting to even further your own brands and and business growth?
1: Well, man, I want to talk real quick about a, a conference that I spoke at at one point in time. It's called the Family Office Conference, and it's hosted by a good friend of mine, Richard Wilson. And Richard is about my age. I'm now currently 41, and he's about to turn 41. This guy manages money for some multi, multi, multi billionaires. And I had a platform and he came he came in and onto my podcast. And then I asked him, would you like to come speak at my event? And he said, yes, just listen to this because there is so many benefits coming out of this. I reach out to this guy that I didn't even know, works with billionaires. I ask him to come on my podcast. He does. I then say, hey, I've got a conference coming up. You would be a great speaker. Do you want to do it? He flies out to me, comes to the conference, and adds value, and he actually brought uh, 300 of his, his, of his books. It was a small conference at the time. I got bigger and bigger, but this was like one of my first years doing it. So he brought like 300 of his books, gave them away to everybody at my conference. I didn't have to pay for any of that. He flew it in. And then the coolest thing is he's got his own family office conference and he asked me to speak at his conference, actually multiple of his conferences, but I only got to the one in Miami. Point is, here I was, a speaker at this conference, And two things happen. A, I'm in front of billionaires, on a stage, in front of multi-billionaires, and I want to raise money. So this is perfect for me. That already is a dream come true. Second thing is I only spoke on one of the three days. So the other days I was basically an attendee. I was basically like anyone else. And there was quite a bit of speakers. So... Not everyone remembers every speaker or was in the room during every speaker. So I thought it was interesting. The second day, I was uh, there was like a billionaire who was speaking and I wanted to go and connect with him. This actually happened twice at this conference, almost, almost exactly the way that I'm about to share. So I go up to the line of the speaker coming off stage. And people are swarming these billionaires, begging them for their money. One person says, oh my gosh, I loved your talk. We should connect. Can I get your card? Then the, the first guy, he pats his coat. He says, oh, I don't think I have any cards on me. Can I go ahead and get your card? Now, so the, the person in front of me gives the card. Now the next person gets up, who's right directly in front of me hey um i want to do this with you i want to get m- more information um and he's like he goes well i don't have any cards on me maybe i can take your card and then i go and then i'm like hey man um i just want to let you know that when you said x y and z i thought that was really inspirational i've got a little podcast for real estate investors and i'd love to feature you and your story on the podcast if you're open to it And he's like, really, you've got a podcast? And I say, yeah. He goes, what's it called? And I tell him what it's called. And he's like, yeah, I would love to do that. In fact, here's my card. And he pulls out his card that he told two other people that he didn't even have. So he goes, in fact, here's my card. Call me. I would love to do your podcast. And then I'm now able to talk to this person. I've got a billionaire cell phone number. The perfect person that I want to be in front of who could probably at uh, invest in our real estate syndications and I'm the only person out of a giant line of we'll call it 15, eighteen people that got his card and he told every other person that he didn't have a card or he didn't think he had a card on him. And that actually happened another time. I was standing in line and somebody kept telling, Other people, I don't have a card. Can I get yours? I don't have a card. Can I get yours? And then I told him about my podcast. I loved that you said XYZ on stage. That was really insightful. And I'd love to feature you on my podcast. How could we make that happen? I'd love to be Mm -hmm. on your podcast. Here's my card. Call me. So, anyway, that hopefully helps uh, to show some of the benefits of having podcasts. A, I got somebody, I got to meet somebody. They got. They flew out to speak at my conference. They flew me out to speak at their conference. And then B, I'm able to connect with some of the other speakers at this event naturally. And they want to give me their card when they want everybody else not to have their card because they're excited about being featured, their story featured on a podcast. They're excited about adding value to other people that are just coming up. Toward their billionaire status, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, that's 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 amazing. That is (laughs) the fact that you
0: were able to use the podcast to build your authority even further, put yourself in front of the perfect audience, you know, for what you were needing. Because we all know, you know, especially when it comes to sales, it's just all about being, you know, the right offer at the right time, you know. And by doing that, you were able to put yourself in a position to you where you could be more successful. Uh, using the podcast, so that's a great way to build authority, and I, I love that. Uh, gosh, <laughs> the fact that he didn't have the card, and then all of a sudden he did have the card because he was just more interested in what <laughs> you had to say. All because 100%. you had a podcast. All because you had a podcast. That is pretty awesome. Um, now, let me ask you this: When it comes to that whole situation, um, a lot of what we do with uh, building and growing blogs involves, you know, the idea that we could sell it at a future time and if you can build it up a blog to a certain you know amount of money per month and it's pretty consistent and you're getting good traffic from google and then you have other email lists a youtube channel podcast things like that you can really increase the multiples for how much you can sell that blog how can a podcast how do you sell a podcast
1: well i love the question and I do. I did create a whole episode on this. I, it must have been one of my first six episodes on the podcast on podcasting. But I'm going to try to give you the things that your listener needs to know if they do want to sell a podcast. The one of the big things that you need to understand is what are other people looking for. Um, too many times, we as humans are selfish. We as human beings do think about what we want, what we need. And sometimes that gets in the way of understanding what the person on the other side wants. For example, a door-to-door salesperson says, I need to make three sales today because I have to be able to buy that plane ticket. Okay? So then they go in through their knocking on door-to-door And if, as they're thinking of things, they're thinking, I need, I want to make money. I need to get that trip. What do I have to do for me to get that trip? And they're they're focused on themselves. The way to kind of switch that is as they're knocking on doors, they think to themselves, what does this person need? How can I help this person? What are they going through? What are they worried about? What would be the reason for them to buy? And then we switch it to supporting that person. And all of a sudden, now we've made the sell. So that's the same thing with a podcast. I was thinking to myself, A, I don't want to run this show anymore. So I need need to find a way to, to fix this. And nothing clicked until I realized what was in it for the buyer. So I switched the whole way that I approached it and I started thinking about it like this. I started talking to a couple of people at my mastermind and, and a couple of friends. And I basically just asked them what type of advertising they had done, if they've ever wanted to have a podcast, if they thought that they would be be, get a, any benefit from having a podcast, um, how many people would they want to listen? And I talked to a couple of people. For example, one that said he, he likes to speak in front of about a hundred people. Once a month or even twice a month, his goal is to get in front of about a hundred people because he said he could sell between 10 and twenty percent of the room and his offer was ten thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollars and so when he did this, he was able to make about 150 grand every time he spoke in front of a hundred people mm-hmm. And I just asked the guy I go Well, what would it be like if you were in front of 3,500 people every week instead of 100 people every two weeks? And then I let him answer. I let him tell me what is the difference between being in front of 3,500 people every single week versus 100 people once a month. And he started going off all of the benefits. I got smart, I made him tell me the benefits. Nice. And then I said, I said, whoa, you could make that much money if you were in front of 3,500 people every single week. He's like, oh yeah, easy. And I go, well, then what would it be worth to you if I went ahead and sold my podcast to you, supported you, helped you so that the audience would stay with you? What would that be worth to you? And now he's saying, Oh, easily a hundred grand, easily hundred and fifty thousand. I would do that no problem. And th- it becomes a, a thing instead of me being like, Hey, I've got a podcast that I don't even want. Do you want to buy it? Uh, I just I don't want to get rid of it, and switching that position from from what I need to what he needed. And then I was able to sell a podcast. So here's a couple other details that your listener might want to know in case they will sell a show down the line. Yeah. First and foremost, um, on the transition period, I did a couple of things. I interviewed the guy who bought it. So I was the host. I had been the host. And now I'm interviewing him like you're interviewing me. And he tells his story like I'm sharing my story. And then we have later on, I say, hey! I'm bringing on a co-host. Bringing on a co-host to the podcast. Go back to episode 500 and check it out. Uh, that's the that's actually the guy that that he's done these things, and he's going to be a great co-host. Step next step is he and I uh, co-interview uh, about a dozen different people. So it's just me. Then I interview him. And now we are co-hosting about a dozen different people. He asks a couple questions. I ask a couple questions. And then the next step is he starts interviewing people on his own, and I I become the voiceover for different calls to action. "Quote Jason and I blah 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 blah. Jason and I blah 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 blah. Hey hey Jason, I want to thank you for listening to today's today's episode." If you haven't done this already, make sure you go to blah, blah, blah.com uh, forward slash free uh, to download the free whatever. So instead of us hiring a voiceover artist, I it, now it's his voice, but they keep hearing my voice. So it's a smooth transition. The last thing that I'll say that I did that, that seemed to be very helpful for Jason, the, the guy who bought the podcast from me, is... I actually had a bank, a savings account um, uh, of storage of dozens and dozens of podcasts. In fact, mine was a hundred, but I don't even care to say that because I don't want your listener to think I've got to have a hundred. That sounds crazy or something. I'm not going to do this. I could never sell a podcast. You, But I did have a bank account of a bunch of different episodes. And I told the new owner, this is just an extra value for you. This is an extra value because if you ever miss an episode because you're just getting into this, you're just becoming a host of a a show, we have a whole uh, list, a whole library of unpublished episodes where I've already recorded them because I go crazy and I record more than I need every single week. I might record four, five, or six, but we might only publish two or three that week. So I, I'm basically recording double whatever I need at any given point. So I, just, I told him, if you ever have to miss an episode, don't even worry about that because we've got these sitting here and my team can just publish it for you in place of that. And so I still had a few episodes coming in every now and again, and I'll give you this other tip. When I do the recordings and when he does the recordings, I say something like, This is Adam Adams filling in for Jason. This is Adam Adams filling in for Jason today. And so I recorded something that said that so that any time we had to republish one of those episodes, you could hear that Jason was the main person. And then what he did is he would always say, this is Jason, your co-host. Adam was, Adam's not on the episode today. Let's dive in. And so you can hear that both of us are supposed to be involved and it allowed for the people that were my fans to slowly become his fans.
0: Nice. Nice. man. There's lots to unpack there. Lots to unpack. So just to so I can kind of crystallize what you did during the transition period, because that was actually one of my questions and you went right along with it. So you must be over here looking at my notes, but <laughs> regardless. Uh, so basically you um, you went through the whole process of selling the podcast and then you interviewed him. You then had him on as a co-host for a few episodes. Then you moved on to uh, doing co-interviews with him as well. And then you just slowly kind of phased yourself out. And then it was him by himself. And then anytime you did any types of, uh, you know, maybe ads on the podcast or any types of other types of transitions, you just made sure that you and him were both mentioned so that it was an easier transition. And the audience may not have even noticed it, you know, if it was that subtle. Um, Do I have that about right with the transition?
1: Yeah. It's my experience and my thought and my feeling that my fans love me. Your fans mm-hmm. love you. Today, maybe a couple people are like, oh, I kind of like Adam. Adam's, Adam's a good guy. I, I, I like his, the way that he <laughs> shares things. Other people probably won't, but some of your listeners are probably like, hey, I like this. This is This is going somewhere. I enjoy listening to him. And they may or may not come and visit me at the podcast on podcasting or if i was buying your show they might be like oh yeah he he's pretty cool like i'm i'm good with him being part of this show just part of it not maybe switching they would probably get offended but i'm thinking to myself as a listener how do i how do i see this when when i thought amy was my host and all of a sudden it's sarah and they never explained it they never told me it just cold turkey, it was the same show, but a completely different host. And I feel like I would be offended. I feel like I would quit it. But if it had a slow transition where I could slight slowly get into Sarah and get to know Sarah, get value from Sarah, and then I could start to say, man, I I, I really like her. She's adding just as much value as Amy did. And I'm really enjoying this. And then over time, I mostly just hear Sarah. I would be okay with that. I would stay with the podcast, and that's the fear is I don't want people to leave the podcast because the face changed. So um, on a blog, I don't think it's really that concerning because I don't know if the face of the person on the blog is the most important part more than the content. I'm not sure, but on a podcast, the people basically start resonating with the host, and so selling it takes a couple of extra. Uh, steps.
0: Yeah. In terms of a blog, it helps. You know, it definitely helps. We're not I mean, the old school, you know, blogging about what you did last week or what you had for breakfast that morning. That's that's dead and gone. No one does that anymore. It's more informational based. And because it is so transactional, it is easy to kind of go from one owner to the next. And literally no one would probably even notice it. Um, With a podcast, it's a little different. And since having these extra assets to put in a business will help increase the value of that business. This is super important, you know, in trying to figure out whether or not we can do that. Now you mentioned podcasting and you mentioned, you know, the blogging, could you do something similar with YouTube?
1: I believe so. Yeah, I think it would be the exact same way um, that that we're talking about for the for the podcast. In fact, I've I've seen a lot of um Uh, different people that have started um, a a podcast or YouTube as Mm co-hosts. And then uh, honestly, and I think this is a good takeaway. It's an interesting tidbit that could help any of us. There's there's people that start with a co-host and they do that usually because A, I don't want to offend my business partner by not letting them be a part of the podcast. I don't want them to think that I'm cutting them out. And so I'm just going to go ahead and have my business partner as my co-host. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing, uh, man. You know what? I'm scared. I am new at this. I have never done it. What if I don't have enough questions? What if uh, I don't know what I'm doing? What if I I'm I, I feel uneasy going and jumping into a podcast or a YouTube when I've never done it before? So having a co-host would make me feel more comfortable. It would make yeah. me feel like I was walking down the street holding somebody's hand and I was being led, and and things could organically happen. Or third, hey, I get along with this person so much. We have such great banter. I think that we would be good co-hosts. So people start with co-hosts on YouTube and podcasts. But on both, more than half of the time, their business partner or their wife, their spouse, um, or their uh, their other partners either quit the company or they get a divorce or simply they, the other person just isn't ha- doesn't have their heart in the podcast or the YouTube as much as they did. And so there becomes a transition period where you're already getting rid of a host. It happens yeah. a lot. So yes, you can do it the exact same way. And with a with a YouTube, I think you should do it the way that I mentioned, where you bring on a co-host, and uh, and then you just slowly bring them on, and then you you have some content where it's you, some content where it where it's them, and then you can pull out at any point in time to let them take over after you've sold it to them. Gotcha, gotcha.
0: Now you know this whole time I've been thinking like exactly what you're mentioning here when we're trying to sell an asset um, that's that's generating revenue, especially with a blog. There's not much that needs to go into. Uh, uh, the whole transition period, you just transfer the domain, you transfer the website, change up the affiliate links, and now it's it's your site. Now with, I mean, when you try to add a podcast to a blog and sell it kind of like as a package deal, I've never really thought too much about selling the podcast just by itself. So in terms of pricing a podcast, you know, when you price a, a blog, you're normally going to get anywhere from 30 to 40, maybe 50 X times the amount of money it would make per month. Um, the podcast that you were able to exit on, was it monetized or was it more just talking to the audience and the buyer saw saw huge value in it? Or how would you really price a podcast and based on what factors?
1: Yeah, um, I love that question. And it, I think it's pretty complicated. There's a lot of ins and outs. You can have advertisers sponsoring a podcast where the podcast itself brings in some revenue every month. For example, we have a bunch of clients that are getting anywhere from 2,500 a month to about 22,000 a month. So anywhere from 2,500, 3,500 is a normal amount, 45 and 5,500 is a normal amount. And then fewer of our clients are getting six to 12,000. And then the fewest of them are getting above 12,000. But tons of people are making a good six figures a year on their podcast, just from revenue, maybe making like 12 grand a month, 140,000 a year, where it's paying for itself and putting money in the pocket. Yeah, And in that case, then you would look at the contracts for the sponsors. You would look to see how long they're going to be with you, how long they've been with you, um, uh, how much money they make, if they, if they are going to renew or if they just renewed, if it's going to be a year or six months, three months or two years, Whatever, and then you can kind of put a EBITDA on uh, on your podcast, if you will, where you're basically saying this is valued at 10x EBITDA. There, this is valued at 12x. This is valued at. I uh, I'm gonna make 150,000 this year. Well, you can make 150,000 this year, next year, and the following year if you do what I've been doing. Here's my systems. Pay me 150 grand now, and you can have the podcast. So that would be a good value for something like that. However, my podcast, when I sold it, it didn't have a sponsor until I was selling it. And then somebody reached out to me and said, hey, I want to work with you. I want to do 3,500 a month for three months to promote my product. So they basically gave 10, 10 grand, a little over 10. And uh, I took that money. And then I ended up keeping the month that I uh, was in currently. And then I ended up letting the new owner take the revenue from the second and third. So they ended up taking that revenue. Um, and then with that, I made more money on because of my podcast through my company. So I want to give you an example. Sure. I host, uh, well at the time I was hosting a conference every single year. It was an annual conference. This was like the third or fourth annual conference that that we were gonna be doing through that. And we had 617 people show up. And at the conference, we made a little over a million bucks. Okay, so we host a three-day conference. And because of the conference, we sell our own products and services, uh, 642,000. We have sponsors that join the event. And some of them pay 12 grand to be there, some pay six grand to be there, and some pay 3,500 to be there. And so we make another 60 grand there. And then we have affiliate relationships with a couple of the, of the other speakers. And so we make another 600 grand there. And so at the conference, we probably make around 1.3-ish uh, million in three days, but we wouldn't be able to do that if we didn't have the authority platform. We couldn't just host a conference. Nobody would know about us. The podcast is what allowed us to um, invite people to come to the conference because we had about 3,500 people downloading. And out of those 3,500, maybe 20% of our listeners, 640, 617, came to the event. And then we were able to make 1.3 ish, 1. something like that. Uh, yeah it was right out pretty close to one point three like six hundred and forty two from our stuff, about six hundred from their stuff and then uh, about sixty ish grand in sponsor revenue. and there was expenses of about one hundred and twenty thousand so the net uh, the net profit was closer to uh, uh, one million because yeah. we did have some other expenses. but the point is the big point is I Was making money because of my podcast. I wasn't trying to sell uh, sponsorship stuff. I didn't care about thirty five hundred a month. That wasn't the big deal for me. My big deal was being able to host a conference every year and be able to net a million every year because I had a podcast. that That was a much bigger number with less moving parts, less effort than maybe selling um, sponsorship revenue. So there's a lot of ways to, to make money through a podcast. When selling it to somebody, you want to find out what's valuable to them. I do that by asking good questions. I extract, I get to know, Hey, where have you put your money? What have you tried? How, how, what's your sales close ratio? How much are your price points? What would happen if this, what would happen if this? And I ask just understanding once I find out a lot about what they're looking for and how they make money, I can now basically throw everything that they told me back in their face. I can use that ammunition to sell them on the podcast. I can I can hear that they need X, Y, and Z. And then I can, if I see that X, Y, and Z can happen from them owning a podcast, then I just say, man, you should... You should have a podcast. And I'm actually thinking about selling mine. What do you think about uh, about taking over one that already has 3,500 downloads per yeah. per episode?
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not, it's not as cut and dry as a blog would be that we would want to sell. But <laughs> you, there's a lot of potential there, especially when you have the loyal listeners that podcasts have and uh, being able to sell that itself and say, hey, I have this audience of 3,500 downloads or how many ever per episode and talking about your, that people are interested in your particular topic, and they're more likely going to buy something from you, regardless of what it is that you happen to be throwing out there, as long as it makes sense for what it is that they need. Now, as you're building this authority, Adam, um, because when it comes to building blogs, you know, we we try to get away from the whole, you know, bestblenders.com or something like that. Those are kind of old school in terms of those exact match domains and everything, we try to build a brand, maybe um, you know, healthydrinks.com or something like that, right? Where you're creating a brand, that way you can talk about quite a bit under that umbrella. And as you're creating your authority site with the blog, um, you would also then create that same authority, I would hope, with the podcast, and even more so because of the more doors that a podcast can open up for you. So you probably wouldn't want to like, Name the blog your name, right? That would make
1: it harder to sell. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I think unless you're incredibly famous today, it would be dumb to start a a show or a blog that was named after you. People don't care. They don't give a SH something something about who you are. They don't know you. It doesn't matter to them. It doesn't support them. Your name doesn't resonate with them unless they've been following you for a long time. You're already in the limelight. Then yeah. your name makes no sense. Th- what is in it for them makes all the sense. We've been talking about this when we were talking about selling a blog, selling a podcast, um, rephrasing stuff for It's not about you anymore. It's about them. It's all about what's in it for me. That's everybody else's favorite radio station, that they listen to is WII FM radio. Mm-hmm. What's in it for me? They don't care about your name. So maybe you name it. Uh, maybe you name your show or your blog. How to get healthy in nine days or less? Maybe you name your show. Um, Real estate investing for dummies. Maybe you uh, name your show. Um, how how to how to make how to get out of the rat race with three simple steps. Something like this, these these types of titles make the person say, "Ooh, I can get this value without this hardship. I'm in. I'm going to check out the blog. I'm going to check out the article. I'm going to check out the episode or I'm going to check out the podcast yeah. because it's telling me what I'm going to get out of it? What's in it for me? It's sharing exactly. It's it's putting things into the perspective of what I need out of this. So then they're going to listen, but they don't care about the name. They don't care about the uh, John Edwards podcast. That doesn't make uh, that doesn't make us excited. The John Edwards podcast. What is it going to do for me? Who knows? I don't care. Uh, but yeah. if it was like how to how to how to sell a blog how to how to reposition a blog how to start a podcast well they're like, yeah, I want to start a podcast I'm going to go do the podcast on podcasting you know what I mean yeah no that makes perfect sense because
0: you need to I mean I love that the wiINf what's in it for me you know that makes huge, huge sense because you want to, I mean, a lot, that's where we get in this, where people want to create content just because of what they want to do. And that's, that's fine. There is a little bit of an element with that, but you have to frame it in a way that people would want, that would find it and actually want to listen to it. And that's where we kind of, kind of like you mentioned on the onset of our episode is to kind of take ourselves out of it a little bit and actually provide what it is people want. So um, let me ask you this, Um, you know, we're getting close to the end of our time, but I wanted to mention here, how would you use a podcast to grow
1: a blog specifically? I would use calls to action on the podcast. So I would I would create the podcast that adds value to your avatar so Mm -hmm. that they're looking for it so that they will go there first. And then I would let them know about the articles that we've got going on on the blog. Like, for example, if the blog has XYZ information, then we would tease that a few times. So um, tell me, just give me an example of a blog that might need some promotion. And then I will try to share specifics on what we we could share as calls to action uh, on a podcast.
0: Yeah, um, give a, uh, uh, I can't speak right now. To give you a perfect example of that, a, a website that um, I use quite often to try to find new blogs is called uh, Motion Invest. And uh, they usually have you know some pretty good blogs that are kind of like right on the cusp and they just need someone who really wants to dive into the subject to buy it and then move on. So I'm actually just, pu- I just got an email from them right now. And there's a website here that's called pickleballpaddlelab.com. So how would I use a podcast to, Grow my pickleball authority.
1: Yeah. Okay. So we're probably going to start a a pickleball uh, uh, podcast. We're probably going to start a podcast with that subject where we're we're adding value to people. We're telling them um, how to get better at pickleball. We're telling people we're interviewing pickleball players and asking them what they've been doing, and then we have a call to action that says on our blog we have the 10 steps toward pickleball. On our blog, we show you the difference between the wrong stance and the right stance, and you're probably making that mistake. We can't explain it on the podcast, but just go to pickleball.com forward slash stance and learn how you can improve your stance today. So you just keep having these um, calls to action that basically S- take them from where they are that's listening to the podcast and put them into where you want them to be which is downloading a lead magnet from there um subscribing to the to that so that they can learn x y and z um i i put a lot of examples in real estate investing because i've been doing real estate investing for a long long time since 2005 mm-hmm. and so i know a lot of what people are looking for within real estate investing you might say, you know, what are the top, what are the top markets to invest in today? I actually wrote a blog article to explain all of the top markets and how you need to be thinking through where you need to invest. Go check out the blog at mywebsite.com forward slash blog or mywebsite.com forward slash markets to invest in. And now they're gonna, the the person is saying, I will miss out on something if I don't check that out. And so I am going to spend the time to go and check out the blog. You might have another one uh, that teaches, uh, do you know the difference between passive passive income and active passive income? A lot of people out there are trying to get passive income, but they're actually doing active passive instead of passive passive. There are three major things that you need to do to be able to stay doing what you're doing and still make the passive income safely and securely. I I wrote a blog article to help you with that go and check it out at uh, blogspot.com forward slash uh, investing pickleball. pickleball. <laughs> so anyway yeah you would just do you would just create things that you, they can find there and then you would sell them you would give them the what's in it for me. you would basically tell them this is what you're going this is what you're missing. this is what you want. I want to help you and I actually created uh, a blog article. That has that, or I just read a blog article, or I just came across a blog article. For example, like you could even have other people. Uh, you could pay them to do an ad on their podcast, also, where it just basically create an ad that says, "Hey, for those of you who are looking to play pickleball, um, blah 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 blah," and there is a there is a blog that's all about pickleball and a specific. Uh, article within that blog teaches you X, Y, and Z. And I know you need to know it. So go to this place. So there's a lot of ways I think you can use your own podcast and other people's podcasts to grow your blog so that you have that stronger listener base. It's making more money and you're going to be able to sell it. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So you're basically trying to create your own ecosystem right so you have people that are going to find you on the podcast and then you just you know try your best to transition them to uh maybe not transition but at least call to actions to get them to go to your blog so that then you can then capture email addresses you can capture any type of content from them but you're still going to be creating content on the podcast that's good helpful. Um, full of value, but then saying, hey, if you want additional value, a content upgrade or whatever you want to call it, and then sending them to your blog so that you can continue with that. I think that's that's super powerful. And then being able to package that all up, if you ever wanted to exit the business, would then make that business, you know, that much more valuable. So, yeah. So, I, man, we've covered quite a bit, Adam. And I just want to thank you for the time that you've given us so far. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover that maybe we should have or any other things that you might want to let the audience know who's who has a blog and maybe they're considering jumping into podcasting to try to help grow that authority on the, on their sites?
1: I'll say one thing that I think will help anybody in any situation, honestly. I once upon a time, it's been so long since I've read this, uh, there's a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And yep. one of the big takeaways from Stephen Covey is to begin with the end in mind. And I would definitely share that some people jump in to their business, maybe even a blog, and certainly their podcasts by listening to people say, don't overthink it, just start. You can change it later done is better than perfect. And so they're launching these podcasts that are not perfect and they don't get a lot of traction in the beginning. And because they don't get the traction in the beginning, they don't ever get the traction at the end. And so the big takeaway is begin with the end in mind, ready, aim, fire, not ready, fire, aim. We always hear ready, fire, aim, ready, fire, aim. People think that it's awesome to take action in the wrong direction. I don't think it's awesome to take action in the wrong direction. Ready, aim, fire. I know it sounds silly, but that's the one big takeaway. When your listener decides to start their business, decides to start their blog, or decides to start their podcast or YouTube channel or write their book, they should begin with the end in mind. They should figure out what they want it to accomplish, who it's going to be for, what that person needs, and, and share what's in it for me information WiiFM right. on the the podcast and for a purpose, a true intent um, where you're you know clearly what you want to happen, and if you do go ready, aim, fire, your podcast is going to be more sellable. Your podcast is going to have more listener base. Your podcast is going to inspire more people, and you're probably going to be able to make the most of money amount of money through your show.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like jumping in a car and not knowing where you're going. You're just driving around with no real purpose. But having, like I said, that end in mind really helps because now you can you when you're creating content, you know where you're heading. So you create that content in that way so that you can get the desired end goal, whether it's to drive traffic to your site, whether it's to sell a course, whether it's to, uh, uh you know, just continue to build a brand or whatever. Those things are helpful. But um, man, thank you so much, Adam, for being on. Where can people uh, catch up with you again?
1: And we'll be sure to put those in the show notes as well. Sure. Uh, Free resource if you want to start a podcast, the podcast on podcasting, or you could just search Adam Adams on the podcast platform and that'll be one of the ones that come up.
0: All right. So other than having an awesome name with Adam Adams, you can find him over at The Podcast on Podcasting. Be sure to go check it out right now. We're at the end of this episode, so go check it out right now. Subscribe, and I'm sure you'll be able to get some great, valuable information on how you can grow a podcast to hopefully supplement your blog. Thanks so much for being on, Adam. Thank you. All right. See you later.